damn, shit, there's nothing here. Welcome back to Talking Shit with a Yank and a Brit. That was Hello. beautiful. Thank you so much. <laughs> Could you just sing for the entirety of our conversation today? Sing I everything. I can try. It's the musical episode. <laughs> How have you been, Catherine? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I'm, I've been all right. How are you? <laughs> I'm very well. <laughs> Quite swell. We're going to have a talking shit with the Yank and a Brit musical. Doody do. <laughs> All right, we'll get on writing that. It's oh. going to be on Broadway. <laughs> That's coming up on our 100th episode. So in about three years. <laughs> Actually yeah. doing the math at this rate. It like. 90 more weeks 87 more weeks if we hey, keep up at a weekly pace that's quick math well done thanks I'd I went going. to public school <laughs> <laughs> oh anyway how have you been pretty good pretty good it's been a it's been an alright week not really much to report the weather's quite warm here Mm, warmer than here, which is a bit shocking. Mm-hmm. As you can see, I'm sweating because our houses are not built for heat. <laughs> yeah, I can't see. I think you just actually kind of look like you're glowing again. Uh, <laughs> can't see the beads of sweat. It's just but... a sheen of sweat this time. <laughs> <laughs> so dewy. <laughs> yeah, you guys, air conditioning, I remember, is very uncommon, particularly for homes, but I used to laugh too because we would be walking, you know, kind of in on the high street or, you know, in London or something in the window stickers would, in addition to advertising like the hours and stuff would also say air conditioning inside. (laughs) We have aircon here. Come in. (laughs) Yeah. Like that's a selling point for people, which made me laugh because it's just, it's pretty standard here. (laughs) Right. Show off. (laughs) It's bad for the environment. I think. I I don't know for sure. But it seems like it would be. Yeah, it probably is. I mean, everything's bad for the environment these days, right? Yeah, it's true. It is. Mm. Cows. How's your week been? <laughs> Cows, yeah. <laughs> um, it's been fine. I also don't have a lot to report. Um, just, you know, work. Yeah. And then play, playing so hard. Work hard, play hard, bruh. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I'm so lame. Um. But I know you had kind of a long drive for work, didn't you? I did, yeah. I went up to Leicester for a client The cheese. Meeting. Leicester cheese, yeah. Leicestershire cheese. Um, and it was a really long drive and I binged a whole podcast series. It was fabulous. Yeah, I was going to ask what you've been listening to lately, but real quick, I do just want to say like the word Leicester to me, among other names in your country it it should be pronounced Leicester it should yeah and to be fair whenever I type it in my head I say Leicester so that I remember how to spell it yep it's ridiculous I struggle so hard horse ham 
Proboro. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what are you listening to? Well, um, okay, so the one I binged is called The 13th Step by NHPR, which is New Hampshire, New Hampshire Public Radio. And to be honest, a lot seems to go on there. I've listened to quite a few for New Hampshire. I honestly didn't know they had their own, like I know there's NPR and then there's MPR for Minnesota, but so it makes sense that there is New Hampshire, but interesting. Mm. Well, it's called The 13th Step and it's all about um, basically tales of sexual assault in the um, like addiction recovery space. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's obviously the 13th step because it's the 12 step program like with AA right and Mm -hmm. it's commonly known that the 13th step is when basically men take advantage of women when they're in a vulnerable place and things like that um it's really interesting (laughs) I don't mean to laugh that's actually horrifying but just oh you know if I'm at my 13th step so I'm gonna get assaulted (laughs) (laughs) yeah Uh, but yeah really fucking interesting I'd highly recommend um, and there's also, have you listened to Bearbrook? No, I don't know if That's I'm familiar. That's fucking brilliant. That again, that was recommended because I've listened to Bearbrook season one and season two. Um, Is it fiction? No, it's like true crime. Oh, okay. Love um, that. Season one was brilliant, and season one, season two just came out, and again, it's really good. Um. But it's reported by a guy called Jason Moon, and he's just a really good, like, investigative journalist. Um, got a nice voice. Yeah, got a really nice voice, and he's, like, really respectful. Season one... I can't even remember what I it's added about it to my now. list. I'll give it a go. Yeah, give them a go. They're really good. And then another one I was listening to was Believe in Magic with Jamie Bartlett. Believe in Magic. And it's a BBC podcast. Again, a really interesting story about a girl who supposedly had a life-threatening brain tumour and she sets up a charity with her mum called Believe in Magic and they raise loads of money to help people. Um, and there's lots of twists and turns on the way and mm. all is not what it seems. Oh yeah, you mentioned that one to me. I still haven't started it yet, but yeah, I'm really interested in listening to that one. Yeah, that was really good. How about you? What do you got for me? So I know I've mentioned it a few times. Um, I've been really into normal gossip. Mm, you have mentioned that, yeah. Which I learned not too long ago when I told her about it that my friend Lauren actually already told me about it. Oh, really? <laughs> and my response to her when she told me, I guess, was, why aren't you listening to our podcast? Because I don't know if you knew this, but there's this other podcast. <laughs> Excuse me. But anyway, so she told me about it a while ago, and then I probably kept it in my head and stumbled across it and thought that I was the one who discovered it. But no, um, it's really interesting. It's literally just as it sounds. It's like people write into the host with like a friend of a friend of a friend uh, of just like some really kind of interesting, dramatic, but not super harmful gossip about regular people. And the f- it 
I didn't think I would be that interested in it, but some of the stuff is just like, oh my God. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. I highly recommend it. Awesome. I'll try that. It. That reminds me of another one I listened to ages ago. They don't do it anymore. Um, it's called Gossip Mongers. And it, it was originally three people, like three comedians. Where again, yeah, they get like members of the public to send in like gossip back f- but from like when they were at school and just like it's the craziest shit that <laughs> like the most unbelievable stuff like just crazy stories that went around school or like back in their hometown and stuff and absolutely hilarious i love it i'm definitely giving that one a go once i'm through all of the normal gossip stuff because i feel like i've i don't i don't drive very far for very long or really most days so it takes me a while to listen to even an episode but i just found it like it's just listening to some people's benign stuff is just actually really funny. Yeah. And made so me good. think that probably I'm a bit of a gossip. I don't know about you, but I think I am. <laughs> I don't think I'm a gossip, but I love hearing other people's gossip. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think that's how I am too. Um, yeah. I mean, I'll tell friends, you know, the tea, not that I have any. It's usually work stuff. <laughs> it's usually telling like my, my work friend the tea, but which is also probably really boring. If I tried to tell it to my friends, they would be like, if I sat here and told you about some of the work stuff going on, you'd be like, neat, we can't use this on the podcast. It's so boring. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But you know, it's interesting when you're kind of involved, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. I remember a really random bit of gossip from my school years. There was this girl and I can't even remember her name now, but the rumor was that she had two assholes. (laughs) (laughs) and literally oh my god everyone she was just known as like the two arsehole girl there's probably no truth to it but (laughs) oh my god that poor girl and also like it's not even like no one that's we know it's not true yeah (laughs) i guess it's kind of gossipy now but so i went to a pretty small school I want to say there was probably 30 kids in my grade and maybe like the whole school had 200 kids, like high school. Um, And I went there for almost all of my school years, except for the last year of school, my senior year. And I think because it was small, because we all had known each other for a really long time and it was really clicky, my grade thought it would be really fun to do this dick thing where they basically all agree to vote for this girl who's kind of unpopular and weird and no one liked and got bullied a lot for like our homecoming royalty. And so that was like going around and I was like, I'm not going to do that. Have you guys seen the movie Carrie? Like, let's not be dicks. Let's not be the stereotypical shit you see in the, you know, teen movies. Mm. It's like she's all that. Yeah. Something like that. Mm. And um, so what happened is like enough people did vote for her that she did win but the school administration was like, we know this is a joke, so sorry, kiddo, you don't get to be queen or whatever it was. And gave it to the person who got the second most votes, who was like another popular girl, um, because they're like, yeah, she she legitimately would win. That We know for sure this girl didn't, and it was a joke. But did and the I girl that got joke voted for, did she know that she won as a joke? Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I think she knew she won, and I think they were like, we think this is a joke, and, it, you know, so she, and she was, I remember at the dance, she was just sitting in the bathroom crying. Oh, my I God. Really I think that's yeah. worse. <laughs> it was really fucked up. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, the teacher should have just said, yeah, take it. Like, wow. Yeah, I, I mean, but I could imagine what the school my classmates would have done when she got up there you know it just I could see why they did it but you know I just don't think they needed to even say they could have just said we're gonna actually give it to the second place winner and not even tell anybody that she won you know yeah (laughs) fuck you know so stupid yeah guys Mm -hmm. way to break a girl's heart fuck you know yeah I know I felt really bad just we were horrible I mean there were times when I was probably horrible and had people were horrible to me too it sucked um but it's also I know that part of that is just being in school yeah, I can't remember any specific gossip, though. I mean, there are parts of it that are kind of fun and you can look back on. But <laughs> for the most part, it's just like we're all a bunch of assholes, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you're hormones. making fun of a kid with warts and... <laughs> oh my God, I'm sorry. <sighs> well, I will have to give those some of those podcasts a listen and I'll report mm. back but you let me know what you think about normal gossip I will yeah I'll give that a listen and let you know and speaking of gossip who do we have some well there's something going on at the moment here in the UK with uh, one of our TV presenters I don't know if you've heard anything about it Philip Schofield Maybe. okay so like I have seen his name on like headlines and in some tweets but I didn't ever like go any further than that but he's kind of like a he's got like gray hair kind of just yeah. like looks like a guy right mm-hmm. so he's like silver okay, fox yeah, tell me more okay so to give you a bit of background he has presented um our show called this morning which is like our breakfast time everyday tv show uh, good for morning like America 20 years yeah, yeah. That sort of thing. But it, yeah, it's not like a sort of news panel show. It's more like, I don't know, just loads of random shit on there and like cooking segments and agony aunt segments and the interview celebrities. So maybe like some like current events, but mostly like kind of just human interest pieces and stuff like that. Yeah. So okay. he's done that for years and years and years and he's been always been very popular. Um, and it's him and another female presenter called Holly Willoughby. Um, and they sort of mm-hmm. everyone loved them. Um, he so basically, I think it was last year or the year before he came out as gay, and you know, great, mm-hmm. well done for him. He was married to his mm-hmm. wife for years, but it all seemed very amicable and blah blah blah. Everyone said he was a hero for coming out and all that jazz. Sure. Um. However, he has taken a fall from grace, and let me oh, tell no. you. <laughs> Like, this is all over our news. You cannot get away from it. I don't read the news, but it's all over fucking social media as well. Yeah. Um, Are people talking about it in, like, your social circles? uh, Not really. Okay. So it's not like you can't escape it bad, but you, even if you avoid the news, you're still aware of it. Yeah. So basically what's happened is he took a break from presenting the show for a little while. And it turned out that the reason he took a break was because his brother was on trial for, I believe, child porn or paedophilia. Mm. Um, And I think he was 
he was found guilty. Not sure. Anyway, he comes okay. back. Then it's now come out that they had a runner on the show who I think when he started... See, I don't actually know the details. I probably should have researched this a little bit more. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> you can correct yourself next time. <laughs> yeah. So the I think the runner started when he was like 14 or something. And when the guy was 16, Philip Schofield, who, bearing in mind, I think is probably in his 60s now. Uh, okay. Has been having a secret affair with this young runner for years. Oh, God. Oof. Yeah. So he has been sacked by ITV, which is the channel he works for. He also presented other shows on that show as well. Yeah. Um, there's been like a huge fallout from it. Like other celebrities and presenters are like sticking their oar in and saying what a prick he was and yeah. others coming out and defending him. He's done like this big interview where it's like, to be fair, his life is falling apart. He's like lost his job. Like the media yeah. are like fucking hounding him. And yeah, it's like, I don't know, so much fucking drama around it. But as far as I can tell, it's morally questionable. Yeah. But nothing illegal actually happened. Yeah. That's so, the gray area, like, question about those kinds of things, isn't it? That's it. I mean, some people are saying that, you know, he must have groomed him and... Mm -hmm. Or, you know, maybe it did start a little bit sooner, yeah. but maybe this... I don't know how this guy is now, but maybe he wants to protect him a little bit. I am guess, like, did did they... Did something happen between them and he disclosed? Or did someone else who, like, knew about it reveal it or what you know i don't actually know how it came out um but yeah i don't know it's just it's going fucking mental they've done like this big apology and yeah like where are you kind of it sounds like you're very much like yeah yeah okay let's move on um and i i think i was gonna ask if like the age of consent in england is like 16 i'm guessing it is mm -hmm. at least 16 yeah so you're right it's like kind of morally and then there's these thoughts about grooming and he's in a position of power i think that's probably the big one because even if this kid was mm. much older like it's philip schofield is there but you know i guess i would want to know if that's what this person is kind of alleging right now it sounds like just based on what you know it's just the sheer fact that they were in a relationship and he was when they first started supposedly really really young yeah um but not like probably like not illegally young but yeah i think it's just kind of like 16 year old versus a 60 year old that's a really bug big excuse me really big fucking difference in age mm. yeah <laughs> and life stages it is yeah but it happens like you know like stephen fry he is i think in his 60s or 70s now and his when he married his boyfriend he was like mid 20s mhm mm um there's lots of other large age gap like relationships i feel like people people talk about it like you know i'm sure you've heard the jokes about leonardo dicaprio yeah. kind of ditching all his women after they hit a certain age yeah, after <laughs> like 25, 25. <laughs> yeah and pe I think, you know, we've talked about that, but I also feel like sometimes we don't even bat an eye when it's like a younger woman and an older man, but it seems like mm. if it's reversed or even, you know, two men, then it's like, we want to, we're going to talk about this. Yeah. It feels Witch really hunt. unfair, actually. 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'll be curious to hear. I mean, it sounds like probably it'll fade away or maybe something else big will happen. But mm. I'm wondering if there is more to the story because there's been such a huge um, fallout. Yeah, such a huge fallout from it. And it was like when it came out, like, you know, it was like a really serious statement from ITV, like that just seemed over the top from what mm-hmm. happened. And I'm like, is there more to this? Or are Could other be. things going to come out? Do they know more than we do? Who knows? I'll yeah. keep you posted. Yeah, please do. I wonder if they have like, I doubt it, but I suppose they could have been like, it's just against our policy for this sort of like relationship, but I bet not. I'll I'll have to see if I can read more about it too. I mean, I have some, I guess, gossip as well, but now I'm trying to decide which one I want to tell you about because one is maybe a little bit more related to that and the other one is just like really current. So what would you prefer? Oh, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> well, I suppose just for a palate cleanser and maybe a little bit more humor, I'll go with the current one and save the other hot goss for another day. Okay. Because um, okay. it's kind of more sad and gross. Uh, all right. So you are aware of former President Donald Trump. Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> yeah. And he, since he's, you know, no longer been president, there's been some stuff about some stuff that he did and whether it was problematic or criminal and even was like civilly found guilty for, I can't remember the charges, but like basically he wasn't found civilly guilty of rape, but like sexual assault of this woman. Oh, yeah. Wasn't there a whole Stormy Daniels thing as well? Or was that what that was? That was a, that's a different woman. (laughs) Okay. There's so many women. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I not surprised? Uh, This was a, yeah, Jean E. Carroll, I think is her name the one who sued him civilly. Um, But then I do think the Stormy Daniels stuff is being investigated because there's some, like, concern about, like, misappropriation of campaign funds and stuff to, like, pay her off, I think. Mm. But there was an indictment for some stuff out of maybe New York. Recently, he was indicted again. And I did look this up because I wanted to be sure that I knew what the language was. But it sounds like indictment is the same for both the UK and the US. So. Everybody listening should kind of know what that means. Um, and then I also was like, I'm dumb because our, our criminal justice system is based on England. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, he was indicted because you have you also heard about these whole like confidential document stuff? Yeah. So I heard he, he got raided or something. That was quite yeah. a while ago. So, yes, there was like this whole he's got these documents and then it was kind of like lots of people do it and then like. Biden had some and maybe even like his vice uh, Trump's vice president Pence had some and like blah 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 and then of course Hillary Clinton and her emails before Trump was elected that was like kind of related to confidential information and personal use and stuff and so Trump kind of campaigned on we got to like secure our confidential documents and make sure people can't do this well so Mar-a-Lago his home in Florida did get raided and it was revealed he had all these documents well an investigation followed and this week, hold on, I need a drink. Sorry, I have a little bit of a cold. Okay. <laughs> so it's like 37 counts of different, like, having confidential documents, hiding them, lying about them. And it, oh, like 100 years in prison, maximum sentence if he's found guilty of these things. Wow. <laughs> and I think the thing I wanted to read to you 
I didn't want to go through the whole indictment because it's actually a lot of legal jargon. Mm-hmm. Kind of boring. But it's interesting. And so someone summarized this tweet or some summarized uh, this indictment in kind of their own words on Twitter. It's really funny. The person's name is at Metro Adlib. <laughs> so I'm just going to read you what they wrote. Okay. This was a deliberate and concerted effort to remove the most sensitive docs the country has and keep them and show them to people at his leisure while acknowledging that he is neither supposed to have them or show them. He haphazardly stored the docs any damned where, including in a goddamn bathroom shower. And there is a picture of this bathroom with all of these boxes. Yes. Wow. They were chucked into some random room in Mar-a-Lago, and occasionally the boxes, because there were so many, would tumble down in top-secret documents. Documents having to do with defense plans, military campaigns, nukes, you name it. Documents clearly marked top secret and secret and confidential and two other designations I'd never heard of before today, but which apparently means super duper double pinky swearsies realsies secret. <laughs> these, these documents would just spill out onto the goddamn floor and lie there exposed for all to see, just naked and bearing all to the world like a national security full Monty. And as if that weren't enough, the archives... The National Archives, which is a um, an administrative agency responsible for like storing documents, right? Like historical mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. The National Archives asked this motherfucker fifty eleven times to give all this <laughs> stuff back, and forty five would be all, "I gave you everything I got. Damn shit, there's nothing here." <laughs> and then he would have his aides move the boxes. He would travel with the boxes, and some member of his family, Ivanka or Melania or Lara, also knew he had the boxes but he would travel with them because that was presumably the only way he could make sure he kept them. But what's wilder still is that this motherfucker had lawyers who were like, fam, for serious. <laughs> you need to turn in anything that you have that is a file and belongs to the U.S. government. Dead ass. And 45 was all to the lawyers, to these officers of the court. Couldn't you all just tell them there's nothing here? And wouldn't it be better if we just kind of like, burned all this shit you know if it were here <laughs> hypothetically speaking and one lawyer was all sorry the picture <laughs> no, that's why i wanted to read it <laughs> so one lawyer was all like girl then he was like you got the subpoena on may 11th i'm coming through on the first of the month to run through that whole shit and i'm gonna make sure there is nothing that belongs to these god damn united ass states in this garish garish monstrosity you pretend is a house so, 45 has his body man and his aides move the boxes again, just like scores of boxes. He has them move a gazillion boxes again to hide them from his lawyers. Wow. And then, and then the night before the day his lawyer is supposed to come through, he called him and was like, Hi, dog. You still coming tomorrow? I was sitting here talking to the homies and we're like, we don't know why you're coming. Why are you coming? <laughs> and the lawyer was like, presumably deep sigh here. I already told you I'm coming through to move the whole house and make sure I can't tell them we complied with. I can tell them we complied with the subpoena. I'm going to make sure you don't have anything you're not supposed to. Okay. And 45 was like, oh, right. Cool, 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 cool. Come on through. (laughs) (laughs) And then he made more people move more boxes. And so it goes on and on for a while. But I think the rest of it is like his lawyer came. Basically, it was like, oh, yeah, like show him what he needs. And then he looks around and finds 38 things. 
that were top secret. And it's like, honest to God, I think they left the stuff there deliberately so it wouldn't look like they cleaned house. Lawyer comes back and he's like, what's up? How are we looking? As if he didn't just direct everyone to clean up his house and hide these things. The lawyer shrugs and is like, is this all you have? (laughs) And I'm going to bring this lady through and tell her this is all you have. And then we're going to take this document and certify it with our names on it with an official ass piece of paper that I'm tendering to the feds and we don't lie to the feds. So is this it, Donald? And 45 is like, on my mama. (laughs) (laughs) So the lawyer brings in the other lawyer. We're good. Put your bar ID, sworn statement. We've complied. We're doing this. And then basically it comes out. They take it to the National Archives and they're like, yeah, he has way more than that. So this is obviously a very paraphrased (laughs) description of what was in the indictment. But (laughs) I just thought it was so funny. (laughs) Wow. Oh, Donald, you naughty boy. Yeah, and I was just curious, because, like, a part of me is kind of like, man, I'm not surprised, whatever. I hope he gets held accountable. And But, like, looking at the things are so confidential that there's parts of the, like, filing system that they have that they can't even reveal to the public because it's that confidential. And this idiot just was, like, showing people, like, check this out. I'm not supposed to have it, but I do. It's kind of a big deal, but don't tell anybody it's a secret. Doesn't fucking surprise me. (laughs) Such an imbecile. Yeah. And so, like, now he's, he's, you know, he's still trying to run for president again, too. And my concern is, is, like, people are going to be like, I don't care. It's fine. I really hope not. And if that happens, then I guess we deserve whatever happens to us. But (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So this is my question. So he's been indicted. So is there, like, a warrant out for his arrest or... So probably the same thing will happen that happened with the other indictment is like they work it out because he's such a public figure. It's going to be really hard for him Mm. to flee, you know, Mm. Um, work it out. They go appear in court and he gets basically released on his own recognizance. Probably they say you can't leave the country, blah, blah, blah. But like he's not going to be able to hide anywhere. Like we know this. (laughs) He's too orange to be missed. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'll probably just be worked out that he goes, appears and pleads not guilty. And then it goes from there. But yeah, wow. I mean, like probably a warrant is issued, but it's kind of like he's gonna he's gonna arrange his surrender, and he'll get booked and released pretty much. Uh, send him to prison. Mm-hmm. Lock Sick him of up. Him. Me too. I'm not surprised. Too. I remember when he was president, and like, like we hear a bit about you know, the US president or, you know, something crazy is happening overseas or whatever. Yeah. But with fucking Trump, it was just all that was in our news. Mm-hmm. And it was ex- like, it was exhausting. And he, I just cannot comprehend of like how much of an idiot he is. Like the shit he would say. Yeah. I was just like, how is this man running the United States of America? <laughs> it blew it my really mind for years mm. yeah i legitimately thought he was gonna win again and i like was like what do i do if that happens is like we move to england yeah <laughs> but i imagine it probably overshadowed any like relevant local news for you guys <laughs> everything really yeah i mean like... to be honest at the time we had fucking boris johnson in as well so it was just two fucking blonde haired twats running both yep. our countries basically You think it's bad here, folks. Check out what's going on in America. Let's watch this dumpster fire instead. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably all a, what do you call it? 
roofs to yeah everything is just a smoke screen yes that's it smoke screen (laughs) so while that was happening that's when your nhs was deteriorating yes exactly and then covid happened and we were like oh fuck we've got these two idiots running the place what are we gonna do (laughs) i know we're so screwed um speaking of the nhs real quick i in like the listen after our episode was published, I cringed when I heard myself say that we go to the dentist twice a month. I just want to clear the record and say that's not accurate. Um, <laughs> some people might. It's twice a year we're supposed to go and get like insurance covers cleanings and stuff like that. Not twice a month. But yeah, I did think <laughs> I know you were supposed to. No wow. wonder your teeth are so nice. Yeah, fucking no. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like, like No, why did but... I say that? <laughs> yeah, that would be. Okay, so I saw a really interesting article this week about a woman who is 108 years old, man. Damn, good for her. Exactly. And she looks good for 108. What is her secret? Oh, it's a little bit... I can't see that. Um, Yeah, she looks good. And um, so she was asked what her secret was. And in this article, it says she revealed some rather surprising advice on how to live a long life. So Ada Daniel, 108, says the secret to longevity is to raise dogs instead of children. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. And I personally think she has a very valid point. Yep. I don't disagree, even though I don't currently have a dog, but I think the overarching thing is the the kid thing. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought it'd just be cool to talk about our opinions on this, really. And because obviously we are childless at the moment, Mm -hmm. child free. Um, And as for my opinion... I don't think I want kids. Has that always been true? No. But I think I only wanted kids because I am a woman and society has trained me to think that as a woman, you get married, you settle down, you have babies. Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. Mm. And it wasn't until I was faced with that reality... I thought, hold on a minute. I have a choice. <laughs> you do. I do. Um, and also, I've never been like hugely maternal. I'm not one of these women that see a baby and go, oh, like my ovaries don't do fuck all. If I see a puppy, I'm <laughs> like, oh my god, little puppy you just want to squeeze his little head but a baby i'm like get away from me i think i just figured out why you and i are friends because <laughs> <laughs> you legitimately just described the things that i have said and done 
In fact, I'll go on a walk with my friend Lydia and she will be like, oh my God, look at this cutie pie. And I'll be like, I know, so cute. And she's talking about the baby in the stroller and I'm talking about the dog walking next to the baby in the stroller. (laughs) So, yep. Anyway, say more about what you said about not feeling maternal because I've said that too. And I suspect that if you've ever said that to someone who maybe doesn't know you that well, the response may be, oh, well, that would change once you have your own or you, mm. yes, you would, you know, stuff like yeah. that. Or I've had people clearly judge me for it and think I'm cold hearted yeah. and not a proper woman. Mm. Well, you're not. <laughs> no, clearly not. I've not pushed out a womb goblin yet, so. No, we're very improper women. <laughs> Same. And it's weird because I work with kids. I enjoy like talking with kids and working with kids and even like being around with brown kids. Like I truly mm. do. Yeah. But never has the, it has nothing to do with the fact that like I want my own, that I think I'd be a really good mother because I don't. I just like, they're just people that I like and they're kind of fun because they're less serious and like I can play pretend and it's yeah. not weird and I can act like a weirdo and like kids are accepting of that. So. I don't mind it. But then there are also times where I'm like, ugh, can't be asked to like spend time with these kids right now. Mm. <laughs> so, yeah. And also in that situation, you're not responsible for them. You're not responsible right. for raising them, giving them potential traumas and paying for right. them and feeding them. Yep. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I think like we're in such a difficult time in the world right now. Like shit is up in the air. Like the planet yeah. is burning. <laughs> We're in a global mm, climate crisis. <laughs> People like Donald Trump are becoming president. <laughs> and AI is potentially going to take over the world. Yeah. So it's just not really an environment I would want to bring human beings into at the moment, really. I agree. I, I think I'd never envision myself having kids from as as long as I can remember I think I always kind of said I I don't want kids I don't mm. want to get married and of course it's always like that'll change when you get older you'll change your mind and yes yeah. I am I am married but I have never once wavered on having children and for a lot of the same reasons you've said um I don't I I worry about like my capacity I and my maternalism Um, I worry about like the things that I could do or influence them in certain ways. Like I very Mm -hmm. much want people to be functional humans. I also enjoy my freedom. Um, But I also like nothing actually stresses me out more than thinking about like the next few years, particularly with climate change and, Mm. you know, food, water shortage over, you know, all of those things, the terrible things that are happening. And thinking about myself having to live through that and then knowing that a potential child would have to live through it and like exist in a world that's even like harder than it is for us feels like that gives me anxiety and I don't have a child. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thinking about the child that I don't have and won't have having to survive that (laughs) is horrible. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly it. And like the cost of it as well. Like you said, like, Things change completely. I've seen it with, you know, friends and family members that have had kids. 
Your life is completely turned upside down. Your whole world revolves around this little person that you're bringing up. Um, And on average, it costs $310,605 to raise a child currently. That how much in pounds? Is crazy. I don't know how much it is. I think it's like 250 grand, something like that. Yeah. I and it's like that's the average. Yeah, that's the average. So, so like you have a kid who wants to be in dance or has special needs or is sick or something <laughs> or mm. twins or multiple kids. Oh like, my god, can you imagine it's having a lot. twins? Wow. No. <laughs> that's also something I'm scared of is that twins like do run in my family and it would be just oh, my yeah. fucking luck that I would have twins I'd be like yeah. I don't want this one baby and now I've got two mm-hmm. what, what do I even do one on each tit I don't know I don't know how it works <laughs> I need someone to hold this baby while I hold my other baby <laughs> yeah. oh I love the stories though where people are like we were pregnant, had a baby, and then the doctor's like, the other one's coming, and we're like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> no one, like, I don't know why they didn't know, or it just that, whatever, but I'm just like, you're fucked. my nightmare. <laughs> I yeah. also, like, remember being a, a teen, and even in my, like, 20s, like, the fear of getting pregnant was unbelievable. Mm. And, like, you hear those stories of women that didn't know they were pregnant and, like, went to the toilet and on had a, toilet. a baby. <laughs> My God, that is genuinely my nightmare. Like, oh, yeah, I'd hate that so much. Yeah. <laughs> Can well, you imagine? I, think I hear about, <sighs> no, and I hear about just like pregnant, like giving labor and delivery when you know you're pregnant and you're not even trying to do that, like no drugs, natural birth or home birth. You're at the hospital and like all the stuff that happens to you mm-hmm. or could happen to you <laughs> is so horrifying to me mm-hmm. that I and then afterwards in the recovery it sounds horrible mm-hmm. and I just that scares me and then like I don't believe I would be someone who's like I love being pregnant I feel so beautiful and I feel so mm. mother earth like hippie flower <laughs> child I love it I just like I just can't get enough of it I first of all I think that's those people are liars <laughs> But also, I if if they're not, that would not be me. <laughs> yeah, like it's weird. A part of me does want to know what it's like to be pregnant because it's something my body can do. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to experience it in one sense, but I don't want the child at the end of it. So yeah, well, I guess there's <laughs> options for you. <laughs> so I, you know, I have jokingly offered to be surrogates for people <laughs> yeah. i don't know if i could actually do it it's quite a bit i think the crappy thing is is it's not like you can be like never mind <laughs> yeah. i mean i guess you can in some ways maybe under a lot of circumstances but like at some point you can't be like never mind you <laughs> don't know i don't i don't, 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 don't want to do, do this anymore. don't want to do it anymore i just want it to stop now <laughs> just gonna i'm just gonna end this process so, yeah. sorry guys. Just push but... a button, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh... And it seems to be a, a more and more popular choice now. Like, people are not having kids until they're sort of mid to late 30s now. That tends to be the 
the gummy oh, those age. geriatric pregnancies. Yeah. <laughs> that is mad as well, isn't it? I know. It's so fucked up. I do have an interesting fact for you. This is really something that kind of blew my mind. So apparently, and I, someone sent me like a meme of this on Instagram, and I didn't fact check it. So it could not be true. I recognize <laughs> yeah. that. But apparently, what, like when you and I were fetuses developing, you know, in our mothers, we had all of the eggs that yes. we will have for our entire life, which means that I was an egg when my mom was a fetus in my grandma's belly. Yeah. <laughs> Is belly. Whatever. You guys know what I mean? Mental. So I was like in my grandma. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's, I do think that's mental to be honest. And yeah. I made me think about like, oh, generational and blood trauma really is a thing. Look at the science mm. behind that. So <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. That's crazy. Well, I mean, there's a but, new thing now called dink, which is oh, double income, yeah. no kids. Mm-hmm. And that sounds wonderful. <laughs> well, I guess that's, that would technically be Nigel and I, wouldn't it? Yeah. Dual income, no children. However, I mean, and this was kind of the other part of the conversation, too. Like, you know, that what was her name? Ada, the old lady. Mm-hmm. Ada. You know, she said raise dogs. So we had, you know, cats. We have one cat right now. Um, Rip, Mo- Momo, and Milo. And I think there's people who think like, you know, pets are fine and stuff, but it's not the same as having kids. Or, you know, pets are fine, but they're just practice for kids. And then once you get a kid, like your pet kind of doesn't matter anymore. And, you know, pets are a responsibility too. And it's a lot. And I think about how much we've put into, I mean, you are very well aware of what, you know, kind mm. of has gone in, in our lives with our, our pets. Um, it was a lot. And like we had to change our lives a little bit and it was Mm. so expensive dealing with some of the issues that came up. Um, Can you imagine if that was a human? (laughs) Exactly. Like that's one of the things I was really conscious of when I got my dog Jess, like the burden of being responsible for this little fluffy thing Mm -hmm. was like overwhelming like beforehand, I was like, yeah, I'll just get a dog. It'd be lovely. I really want a dog. Like, I love dogs. And then actually when I got her, I was like, oh, wow. Like the, yeah, like the responsibility is heavy. Like I've got to keep yeah. this thing alive and like <laughs> feed yeah. her on time and take her for walks. And like, yeah. oh my, you know, her life is now my responsibility. Fully. So yeah, having yeah. that, but a little human that can't even fucking walk or talk or you know wipe mm-hmm. its own ass i mean the dog can't wipe its own ass but she scrapes it along the, the grass <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she can <laughs> she does and like the unconditional love from a dog or a pet or a cat like there's no guarantee when your kid's older that That's you will have like because you know you hear about kids who maybe cut off their parents and stuff or kind of estranged from them because of shit that happened when they're growing up or just the relationship being problematic and like I feel like I've you know all the reasons for wanting kids that I've heard people say feel very selfish to me too and this is not to offend anybody that I know and love and care about who are having kids want kids had kids whatever um it just if you think about it you know I want a family I want someone to like take care of me when I get older you know all all those things they it's actually really self-motivated and Mm -hmm. I struggle with finding a good reason I can't I can't even think of a good reason that 
people would say to have children that isn't self-motivated because I don't think I've ever heard someone who's like I want to have a child who can maybe do something good for the world like Mm. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that no (laughs) you make a very valid point yeah it's funny actually because I've had when I I was speaking to my brother about this and he was like who's going to take care of you when you get old I said well the, the care home <laughs> I mean, yeah, bro. The, <laughs> yeah either you or the care home that we're all ultimately going to end up in anyway mm-hmm. they're going to look after me my fucking children if I had them wouldn't look after me anyway once I wouldn't reach want that, for them. that age no yeah. so yeah I mean I, I wouldn't mean, yeah the thing is you know never say never maybe maybe I'll change my mind one day Mm-hmm. I doubt it, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah, same. I, I I, don't think I will change my mind either. I feel like at this point at my age, it's kind of like the, the reasons that I've listed will never change because I'll never be able to hypothetically experience pregnancy or hypothetically experience mm. birth. That makes me think like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And turns out maybe I am maternalistic and the world isn't a shit show. Like none of those things are going to change. So, I mean, if the world completely turns around in the next five years, then (laughs) it's very unlikely. All bets are off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I, you know, you have dogs too. And something that came up that I wanted to talk about, maybe we could just do quickly now. I learned recently just in my experiences of, um, you know, Momo and his his vet adventures, mm. um, the vet that we were working with, you know, told us about she studied at Cambridge, I guess, for a period. Oh, wow. And she talked a lot about kind of the differences in the UK versus the US around like veterinary care and pet, like having pets. And like, I think in the UK, like people have pet insurance, like pet insurance is a huge thing, whereas like here, pe- a lot of people don't. It's kind of newer still. Really? Yeah, and like the way that like it like veterinary medicine works there, and kind of expectations on vets about like being available and accessible, and probably a little more affordable for people are different than here, and like the things that they will do, and like the research in pets, um, which I just thought was kind of interesting, and then like also just knowing you guys and you know other people over there, family members who truly truly love their dogs and their pets and their cats, and like their world revolves around them. Whereas here you could, I don't know, like drive down the street and see the same dog chained up outside all day, every day, Mm. or, you know, just kind of like they're kind of treated like objects or property. Yeah. That was something I noticed when I went to Australia as well. So a lot of people have like their dogs live in the garden and they're, I guess they're seen as guard dogs rather than, pets mm-hmm. or family members I guess <laughs> yeah but I found it like really difficult to accept I was like but yeah. your your dog's sleeping outside like mm-hmm. he's cold let him come in <laughs> mm-hmm. but they're just seen yeah in a completely different way but so what were the like differences in veterinary care that she mentioned I'm trying to remember specifically what she said, but I know she was talking about like kind of some of the things that we, the treatment that Momo needed and like people 
because like she worked at a university and so like I think people could go to Cambridge to get stuff done that maybe either is like research-based or maybe like subsidized for people like but also like research-based mm-hmm. and people would be bringing in animals that very much probably should be euthanized just because it's like this is this cat's this dog's quality of life is really bad and we could certainly do something oh do we have a little puppy in here now too yeah good timing (laughs) um like quality of life's really bad but like the owner's like i want you to do it you know Mm. either it's because of like i just want to do everything i can for my cat and i'm having a hard time letting go Mm. or eh, just if you can fix it fix it and like her struggling with like i really think this cat's time has come yeah and the the like head of the program's like we we've got to do it, <laughs> so you're gonna have to like perform this procedure, even though like it's probably gonna not do anything, not change anything for the, it could even be worse. Mm. So like in a good and I think it's a like it's kind of like do everything you can sort of thing, but also people maybe really because of how they feel about their pets, not understanding like yeah that's the thing that I struggled with. Is like particular. No one's gonna be being like, my kid's not doing well. Let's just put it down. You know, <laughs> you yeah. can't do that actually. <laughs> but with pets, like you are in a position to make that decision if it's not a natural cause mm-hmm. or like a tragic injury, accident, or injury or something like that. And it's hard. It's hard to be the person to decide that something should die. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't want to have to do that for either of my mm-hmm. cats. It sucked. And, um. I think that I understand why someone might want to try to have everything done, you know, yeah. like that I'm yeah, assuming 100%. the best about that person. But like at one point at some point we had to look at Momo and be like let's not do anything else to him. No, it that's it. It comes to a point where it you know, it's, it comes down to their quality of life really, doesn't it? Yeah. Um I remember when we put down my family dogs and it was like the worst thing but the vet said to us he, like when the first dog went his back legs went Aww. and so he was you know yeah peeing and pooing all over the house and you could see in his eyes he yeah. was so embarrassed by it because he'd been yeah. such a clean dog and so took him to the vets and they gave them like steroids and they were like you know this will probably help but if it fails again then you're going to have to make a decision kind of thing. Yeah. And it did fail again. But you could tell, like the vet said, he was like, you'll know when they're ready. And I was like, I don't Mm -hmm. think we will. Like, I love little Juki. He'll be fine. Like, we'll just do everything we can. Mm -hmm. But we did know. You know, he would look at us and be like, this isn't how I want to be. I'm embarrassed. Like, I can't get up. I can't move. But it was still... One of the hardest fucking things, like as you say, to make that decision. Because we don't do that in any other part of our lives, as you say. Like you wouldn't just put down a family member because nope. their leg doesn't the work is anymore. Like deciding to, yeah, someone's been in a coma mm. or a horrible accident and they're like, yeah, Turning there's like the no life brain support. activity. Yeah. Yeah. But and then even then that's be, questionable. the closest thing. Yeah. 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 But there's been times where people have come out of comas when they're meant to be brain dead. and mm-hmm. Yeah, it's tricky. 
but I mean, it's weird. I mean, some vets here, um, I was reading about this couple actually that, that both used to be vets and they quit because they, um, basically they were saying that the sort of the industry in the UK is like seriously corrupt Oh, and that a lot of vets will push medications and mm. treatments on animals that don't need it because they make a fuckload of money from it. Right. And they spoke out about it and got like, you know, totally brought down by, yeah, blacklisted. Yeah. And um, and I, I do think a lot of vets are like that. I've been to vets before where, you know, you go in for a minor problem and you come out spending hundreds of pounds yeah. for an issue you didn't, you know really think was there but people trust them because they're the experts right exactly yeah but I now go to an amazing vet and it's actually 40 minutes away from where I live oh worth it though it I bet used to be closer obviously when I first yeah. started going there but I will not ch- and I like pretty much all my friends go there with their pets as well because they are so genuine and like I've been there before for stuff with Jess and they just like didn't charge me they're like, no, nice. no, don't worry about it. Like, you know, it was just a quick consultation. Don't worry. Whereas another vet, that would have been a hundred quid consultation and mm-hmm. you would have come out with just fucking antibiotics and yeah. But they're great yeah. there. So I recommend them to everyone. So I think it's a case of finding people that genuinely mm-hmm. care about animals rather than people that are in it for the dough. Yeah, I think that's a legitimate concern here too, not only in like that industry, but other Healthcare, dental, blah, blah, blah. Mm. I, we've been lucky in that, particularly since living here, like it, the vet that we were taking, the vet that we were taking, and we still will just because I like him and he's very, he's like literally two minutes down the road. He's very much like, a, if there's nothing wrong with your cat, like, why would we? Because I, after Milo died, I took Momo and Lucy in to be like, I just want, they're older, I want some blood work done just to see, I want to make sure they don't have like kidney disease. And he's like, have you noticed any changes in behavior, eating, you know, litter box, mm. anything like that? And he's like, no. And he's like, then why, like, why, why do you want to do this then? And I go, well, I just don't, I'm like really triggered by this. And he's like, okay, so that's more about you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I will do an exam. Like, but here's like what you watch for. Right. And this is, and he's yeah. like, if you want to like avoid those things, use this food, do this. And I, mm. I like really appreciated that. Um, and then the other vet that we had to take Momo to and we've taken Lucy to, they're a little bit more of like a, a hospital rather than just like a little, right. you know, one one vet guy. Yeah. They have like all the things. So like you go there because it's and that's where he referred us when Momo started having his issue. Um, and she very much was like, you know, cats with this type of cancer usually have really poor outcomes. But and I, I'm not the type of person who's like. Let's try everything. Let's we could do this and this, even if it's probably not going to make a difference. She's like, I've had to have that. Let's talk about keeping them comfortable and you know this. But she's like, with Momo, I think we have a good shot. But of course, like if you guys don't want to go through with that, and we also obviously we we wanted to do whatever we could and really relied on the fact that she thought it was a good shot. And unfortunately, like yeah, he is a really aggressive cancer, so it mm. didn't quite work out. But I didn't once think that she was trying to like get us to do all of this stuff to spend yeah. all of this fucking money because it was a lot and that's why I think pet insurance is good mm-hmm. um even though the insurance industry is also bullshit um but it's and then you know after we 
we would take her to see him and they would similarly be like, there's no charge on this. Don't worry about it. Like, mm. especially in the past couple of weeks, they were like, bring him in. We'll give him a shot of this. Don't worry about it. I loved that. Um, didn't love it, but like, I appreciated it because it's also like pretty far away from us, even though it's mm. not really. It takes like half an hour to get there just based on traffic and stuff. Yeah. And so um, I, th- I thought that that's like kind of a, like you said, you just got to find the right one who you feel like yeah. you can trust and they're genuine and actually care about animals too. Cause I feel like there's probably some that don't mm-hmm. like we had a dog that my dad took to this vet in our hometown. That's where we took all our cats. And he was very kind of a gruff, no nonsense. Like if it's not broke, don't fix it type of guy too. Yeah. But like, you know, our dog had issues and he had lymphoma and the guy was like, eh, it's just like fatty lumps. And then our dog had seizures and my dad took him to a different vet. And he's like, Oh, this is obviously cancer (laughs) obviously so i was like that guy sucked (laughs) yeah that's it i mean the vets are human really aren't they so some of them are going to be dickheads and yeah some of them will actually care so i guess in some have dogs no kids (laughs) there you go people that's our public (laughs) service announcement first (laughs) (laughs) and you'll live to 108 i also don't know if i need that but (laughs) (laughs) But I understand her sentiment. <laughs> okay, well, have we got time for... Am Done. I the asshole? You know you are, baby. Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, so this week, I think I've got a pretty clear-cut one. Um, All but right. I'd like to know your opinion on whether this person is an asshole or not. All right. I'll do my best. All right. Am I the asshole for disposing my pads in my boyfriend's bathroom? <laughs> God. <clears throat> okay. My boyfriend and I have been together for about three months now, and this is the first time I've spent the night over at his flat while I was on my period. Since yesterday, I've been changing my pads in his bathroom, and each time I wrapped the used pad in a plastic wrapper and put it in the trash can. Mm -hmm. The trash can has a lid, and there's a plastic garbage bag in there, so the pad was touching nothing but the trash that was already inside. Okay. Sounds good so far. (laughs) Yeah. I genuinely didn't think it was a big deal until my boyfriend took out the trash this morning and noticed the plastic wrappers in the bag. He knew... They were the packaging for my pads because he had seen them before and quite outraged, he asked whether my used pads were also in that bag. I told him yes and he dropped the bag, calling me disgusting and telling me to take out the trash myself. I did, but then asked him where else I should have put my pads. He told me that I could have just kept them in my purse until I got home. I'm staying at his place for three nights because we both have some time off and I wasn't going to keep my used pads in my bag for days on end. Imagine the smell. He stated that he didn't want my blood all over his trash and that I should find another way to dispose of my pads ASAP. I don't think my attempt of an explanation of why period blood isn't as disgusting as he thinks has got through to him, but he's quite set on his opinion. I think he was a bit childish because I don't understand how an adult straight man can be so disgusted by period blood, but when I texted my brother about it, he sided with my boyfriend. As I've been outnumbered, I wanted to see whether other people also believe what I did was an asshole move. 
Oh, deep existential sigh. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the only thing I can say is break up with your boyfriend. Yep. Your boyfriend thinks that your natural thing that every single woman does is so disgusting it shouldn't touch his trash. If that doesn't tell you that he, by extension, doesn't think that you're disgusting, particularly when menstruating, then I don't know what will. Mm-hmm. And you are not the asshole. He is 1,000% the asshole. And so many men like your brother are like him, and it is so frustrating. Mm-hmm. This is something oh that happens God. to us every fucking month yeah. from the age of, like, Potentially 12 in some cases mm-hmm. until we go through fucking menopause yeah. in our like, what, 40s, 50s. Well, it depends. It depends but, yeah. on the person. But yeah, like, yeah. get over it, guys. Okay? I've had enough. My God. I just like, this is, I, and I know, I know so many men who are like this and like feel this way. And it just, it, is so upsetting to me because it's just like no one is talking about like your weird puberty experiences like random ejaculations and hard-ons and like peeing Mm. all over the seat and like (laughs) I just it's so unfair and like by the way that thing that you think is so disgusting is like what enables like you to you know i guess exist yeah and and have yeah like you were you came out of that (laughs) bloody (laughs) and like that's why that's like how we have sex and that's how i know i'm not pregnant and (laughs) i am so upset by this i'm so mad you read this to me (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry (laughs) it's okay i'm not really mad at you but i am mad (laughs) yeah i just saw it and just thought what the fuck mate like yeah First opinion, dump this dickhead. In her purse? Like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Get a life, mate. Yeah. Just, yeah, and I mean, you know, the general consensus is exactly the same. I mean, every single one better be the same, but I know that there's going to be some men responding and probably will side with the boyfriend. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm not even going to read them, though, because that will get me really angry. <laughs> oh, God. I just... Ugh. So upsetting. So upsetting. I know. Guys, look, we can't help it. Okay? No. We don't like it either, no. but it happens. No, it sucks. It's completely natural. <laughs> Half the population get periods, so I think it's something we need to talk about more openly and accept. Also, using blue liquid in, like, pad commercials is not helpful. <laughs> no, it's not. I think, well, the whole industry, every everything about the industry from pads and tampons and and birth control, is the, it's created by men and it's designed to, I think, make men more comfortable. Like, mm. why do we have scented tampons? Why? <laughs> why? <laughs> Who is that be for? good for us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, did you want lemon or lime flavor? <laughs> God. Oh, I'm having a very citrusy period this time. <laughs> mm. 
you know, my periods often are like, uh, they're sparkly and I use those pens for women when I'm on it to feel even more feminine. <laughs> but yeah, there's also these like adverts that I'd never really thought of before, but like, you know how like it'll be an advert for a tampon and it's like, look all the amazing things you can do now that you use these tampons when you're on your period. Mm-hmm. Like, but mm-hmm. all that's actually doing is like putting pressure on women to push through the pain and the feeling uncomfortable and feeling gross. Like, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos of men trying these uh, period pain yeah. simulators. Like the, yeah. Yeah. They have. It's like, guys, we have that for a week <laughs> and we just get on with shit. <laughs> sometimes longer, mm. sometimes more than once a month, depending yeah. on like, I mean, because there's so, I I think we're going to save a lot of this conversation for next time or another podcast, but like there are so many methods of birth control out there that are supposed to like stop you from getting your period, Mm -hmm. you know, for a significant amount of time. And like, I'm just a special someone who those don't work for. In fact, it's like twice as much. (laughs) Oh, wow. It's just, yeah, it sucks. Yeah, it's a bitch. Um, And also, like, people have to get on birth control because of how bad it is for them or, you know, like, it, incapa- like incapacitating cramps. And I don't know about you, but when I was in school, like, the first day, I, I often had to stay home. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I remember one time where, I mean, I'm quite lucky. I get, I do get cramps and, and backache and period pains, but it's usually, like, the first couple of days and then it subsides yeah mm-hmm. but I remember one time it being so bad that I couldn't move from a fetal position mm-hmm. I just genuinely couldn't move Same. um but yeah it's you never know what you're gonna get I'm very irregular sometimes Me I'll too. have like two week periods and I'm like is this ever gonna end or am I just gonna bleed Same. forever <laughs> Same. and like the fact that it's like so what am I just supposed to like constantly just wear a tampon or use a pad like just in case like because it's just like surprise I'm back you thought I was gone but I'm back girl (laughs) give you a couple days here I am yeah Yeah, it sucks yeah well yeah we'll talk about contraception another time yeah Mm. another day good talk yeah I enjoyed today me too not that I don't enjoy every time but good (laughs) Because that's how I perceived that, and I was offended. <laughs> well, well, I hope you have a good week, and I think quickly, like everyone has heard, I think at least once now, if not more, check us out on Twitter, Instagram, uh, TikTok, uh, Talking Shit with the Ink and a Brit, T-S-W-A-Y-A-B. <laughs> I, f- I forgot something. <laughs> I really did not think that acronym for through to swab. You'll find us. <laughs> to swab. And on Instagram, it's to swab underscore pod. Um, there you go. And you can also email us at talkshittous at gmail.com. Give us a like, rate, subscribe, and a uh, follow. Follow. Compliment. <laughs> and uh, mm, thank you for listening. Have a good week. And you, I'll see you soon. Bye. Okay, bye. G-Bag. Remember when I was telling you the other day about how it's hard for me to leave my home because I don't want to leave my blender? 
Yeah, your emotional support blender, you called it, which I thought was weird and maybe a little problematic. I said it feels like my emotional support blender because of how many smoothies I make and how good I feel these days because of them. Okay, go on. Well, I found something the other day that may solve my problem. Oh, tell me more. I discovered this thing called Blendjet 2. It's a portable blender that you can use basically anywhere or anytime. Seems messy. I know, but it doesn't look like it is. Blendjet 2 is portable, so you can blend up a smoothie at work, a protein shake at the gym, or even a margarita on the beach. More like a margarita at work, know what I'm saying? (laughs) Or that. But it's also small enough to fit in a cup holder, but powerful enough to blast through tough ingredients like ice and frozen fruit with ease. Blendjet 2 is whisper quiet, so you can make your morning smoothie without waking up the whole house and it lasts 15 plus blends and recharges quickly via USB-C. Best of all, Blendjet 2 cleans itself. Just blend water with a drop of soap and you're good to go. So not messy at all, I don't think. Okay, I'm intrigued. And now I want a margarita. Me too. It looks like there's tons of different styles and colors, so you can have a margarita Blendjet for work, a protein Blendjet for the car, and a- Soup Blendjet for the forest? (laughs) Sure. I want the camo one because I am a certified badass. (laughs) Just don't lose it in the woods. Okay, so what are we waiting for? These look awesome. I know. What are you waiting for? Go to blendjet.com and grab yours today. And be sure to use the promo code TSPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Blendjet feels so strongly that no other portable blender on the market comes close to the quality, power, and innovation of the Blendjet 2. They'll guarantee you love it or your money back. Gotta love the confidence and the ability to blend anytime, anywhere with the Blendjet 2 Portable Blender. Go to blendjet.com and use the code TSPOD12 to get 12% off your order and free two-day shipping. Shop today and get the best deal ever. I'll cheers you with our Blendjet margaritas next time I see you. Brilliant. Cheers. Cheers.